This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions for raising kind, successful, well-adjusted human beings, and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive, accepting place now and for future generations. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 26 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I'm really excited to have Kate Wendell on as my guest. Kate is the host of the Family OS podcast, formerly known as the One Relationship podcast, with her husband, Tanner short for Family Operating System. So in this episode, Kate shares what a family operating system is and why you should have one. And she also shares how she got into this line of work. You may know her as Kayla Riley. She was actually the host of Sirius XM Octane for almost 18 years. And so she shares in this interview why she made the switch from being a radio show host and why she made a career transition with her husband, Tanner, to really start supporting couples and helping them to create what she refers to as an operating system. So I thought this concept was really interesting because a lot of the people that I mentor, whether it be SLPs or parents, One of the first things that I always teach them is to figure out what their long-term goals are and work backwards and find a better way to plan their time so that they know that the way that they're spending their day 
is in line with their highest priorities. A lot of times when people get into the day-to-day and they feel like they're busy, but they don't really necessarily feel like they're moving forward or focusing on the right things that they want to, whether it be personally or whether it be things that they want to work on with their kids, a lot of times it's because they haven't taken a step back and figured out a better system for how they spend their time. The family operating system is really all about doing this. So it's a really interesting conversation. If you feel like your home life is a little bit chaotic, if you sometimes feel like you have day-to-day squabbles and arguments with your kids or your partner, and sometimes you seem to be as we would often put it, sweating the small stuff and maybe getting upset or arguing over things that might not be that important in the long run, and you want to get to a state of peace, then I highly recommend listening to this interview. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that I have created a special page for my listeners called the resources page. So you may have noticed that on previous episodes, I mentioned different resources that I have available for both educators and therapists of kids and also for parents. For example, I have my time tracking journal, which is a tool that is designed to help parents help get their kids through day-to-day chores and activities so that they can go through their day in peace and also help their kids be independent. So if you have a hard time getting your kids to do day-to-day things where you would expect them to be independent, such as getting themselves ready for school on time, maybe getting a meal ready in the kitchen, or if you want them to be able to do things that require them to sequence different steps independently, then I highly recommend you check out the resources page and check out the time tracking journal. I've also got information for some of my programs for SLPs like SLP Learning Academy, which is my program that helps SLPs reclaim control of their time so that they can save time that they normally would have spent planning for their sessions so that they can start to focus on things that matter most to them, such as getting home on time and actually having time to enjoy their evenings, or whether it be focusing on big picture projects that they want to do in order to really make a difference in their facility and their community. Again, you can check out all of these things, whether you are a teacher or an SLP. If you want to check out these resources, just visit my resources page at drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash resources, and you'll be able to check out all of the links to the resources that I've added. Again, that's drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash resources. So now let's get started with the interview with Kate Wendell. Today, I am here with Kate Wendell from Family OS. So first of all, thank you so much for being here with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I wanted to just start off with kind of, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? 
Uh, sure. So uh, my name is Kate, as as you mentioned, and my husband and I met at a personal development seminar in La Jolla, California, back in 2015. And at the time, he was working corporate, and I was working in radio. I worked for Sirius XM for almost 18, or actually over 18 years, and we were just you know, working on our own things and our own careers. And when we got together, meeting each other and getting to know each other, we realized we had a lot in common and a lot that we were looking for, we found in each other. And so we decided to date and get married and we moved very exponentially. But what was great in that is that we got together and realized that personal growth was something that we had both been really focused on individually and wanted that for our marriage and wanted that for our future. And so we really just kept the wheels turning as we got married. We, you know, we did, we had to do a long distance relationship at first. I was in New York city and he was in Denver and, and all of it just revolved around how we could continue to grow. We wanted a marriage that would continue to grow. And so it wasn't about just sort of living by default. And when once we got into the marriage and we uh, started having kids and we're also a blended family, um, I have a, a stepdaughter. We had a lot of things that came up that were like, oh my gosh, we don't know how to handle this or we don't yeah. know what we're doing or what's going on. And then we realized as we met other couples and families that they were also in this boat of just trying to figure it out and mm-hmm sort of survival mode. And we really just because of the journey that we had been on, we just, we love talking about relationships. We love talking about, you know, the things that we've learned along the way and sharing that with other people. And many of the people we were talking to were living by default. And so we came to this uh, sort of a long way about it, but we came to this place of like, what if we could help families update their operating system? You know, we have an operating system for everything, right? The the mm-hmm. computer we're using to to do this podcast and our watch and our phone and our car and our refrigerator now. I mean, everything has an operating yeah. system. But our families, they have an operating system, but we don't update it. How often do you update, you know, your phone? It happens multiple times throughout the year. And we're living our marriage and our family life by default. We're living with what our parents did, our grandparents did, and even can go even further back. And so we thought, okay, it's 2021, you know, and, and really when we launched the business, it was last year. So 2020, like there are so many things that we can take to update what we're doing to really make our marriage and our family thrive. And that's what uh, we've learned to do for ourselves and want to be able to share that with other families. And so we've created the family OS, right? So it's the family operating system. Yeah. So it's it, what is it really just kind of a system for how you live your life and run your day and spend your time? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. It's, it's, it's based on certain principles. Like we, we have a code, you know, we have something that you, you follow a code, right? I mean, you, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's also sort of uh, like a spin on coding for like all the little, you know, tech nerds out there, right? Because, yeah. you know, computers re- rely on code. And so we have a code where, you know, this is something that we, we live by and it's, and it stands for communication and ownership, 
and design, and then to just go out and enjoy and how you can actually just break that down and be able to take each piece, like what the code stands for, the C, the O, the D, and the E, each piece of that into your marriage and then into how you interact with your children to design the life that you really want, like you deep down want Mm -hmm. and long for, and sometimes feel like is impossible, but actually it isn't if you just sort of work down to some of the basics. So yeah, we have uh, we have a code process that's really helped families. So is code the acronym that yeah. you use? Yeah, what yeah. What is it again? Communication? So, yeah. So code is um, communication. The C stands for communication. Mm-hmm. So this is really understanding how to have, you know, communication is actually the, the thing that we've heard from families and, and really couples the most. It's, it's such a broad word, a broad topic. Yeah. Um, but, but it can be broken down to many different things, but that seems to be the number one thing that people are struggling with, that couples are struggling with. And there's what's called verbal and nonverbal communication and how it really impacts your relationship. So again, you as husband and wife, and then how it also trickles down to your children. And then the O stands for ownership and to be able to create the future that you want, the, the marriage you want, the family life you want, you got to take responsibility for the past. And, uh, and this is, you know, this is sort of a, a, a general statement at, at, as we're just sort of starting the conversation, but the past, we, we tend to live in the past. We tend to not think about how that will affect the future because we're just, you know, we're living really just in the past. And that's what's, adding to the depression and the anxiety and all the things that we're, we're really hearing about as these, these issues that, that people are struggling with. And so if we can learn to actually take responsibility for the past, accept what's happened, the choices that we've made, and take that into current times and be able to move forward and making choices for the future that you want, you really will start to, to feel that f- sense of freedom. And that's what we, we help couples do. And then the D stands for design. Like how do you actually create your future that you're looking for, right? Like de- having a vision. We, uh, so I, I just came back from, from a, a trip to Mexico. We took a, a road trip as a family, three kids and a dog piled into mm-hmm. an SUV. And it was quite an experience. And there's, there's many little lessons along the way in that whole journey that we were gone for about 10 days. But most people will plan the vacation that they're going to take more than they actually plan the future of their family. And we have to, right? Like think about it, like everything, everything to a vacation. How are we going to get there? Are we driving or are we flying or something else? Mm -hmm. Or where are we staying? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? Are we doing excursions? Like what are we packing? Like there's so much that goes into a vacation and rightfully so, but no, but rarely are we hearing about how families are taking the time to actually plan and see that future vision for their family and then make the plan day to day for what will get them to that future vision. Yeah. So, uh, and you can, you know, you can live out your dreams. So we help them with that, that day-to-day plan and how to really create that vision for the future. And then the E is, is about enjoying, like how to appreciate the journey and the ups and downs, like what Tanner and I do to not let a fight escalate, you know, or mm-hmm. things like that. It's, it's, um, it's helpful, you know, to just sort of enjoy the journey and say like, yeah, it's going to be a little chaotic right now. We've got small kids, but 
that's okay. Like we don't have to argue about everything all the time. Not to say that you're never going to have an argument, but you right. can, you know, you can certainly, um, I don't really like to the, the phrase pick your battles, but going back to that future vision, right. And designing your future. If you're very clear about where you want to go in your marriage and as a family, then you make those decisions day to day based on where you want to go. And then it helps you to avoid the arguments of the small stuff, mm-hmm. right? Cause you're like, why are we arguing about who took out the garbage tonight or who, I don't know, didn't, you know, load the dishwasher or something, you know, when yeah. we're, we've got a bigger vision about, you know, where we're actually going in our, in our life and our future. And usually those small arguments are stemming from something deeper. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talk about, you know, just taking ownership of the past. Like just, it's okay. You know, we've made poor choices. We've made great choices. Like it's okay. Just own it and be like, cool, here's where I'm at. And this is where we are. And now let's be able to say, okay, I'm going to make choices now moving forward that are going to benefit me. So yeah, so that's the code process. Yeah, that's so it's so interesting because it's never really about the dishes or the the trash (laughs) or whatever. So what I think is interesting about that is that you have enjoy, and I don't know if that this goes in order. And I was I was thinking about this today for some things that I'm working on where Uh a lot of times when you're talking about personal development and growth. A lot of people are like, start with the gratitude and the the joy and all this stuff. But if you're just so exhausted, sometimes you just want to feel not exhausted. And yeah. you can't even think about where you're going and, you know, being gracious and all of this stuff when you're just tired. So it's interesting that you have the other things like design and ownership and communication that can actually kind of put out, you know, bring you down to calm before you think about enjoying. And I think that sometimes people just, they get so tired that they just are like, I just want to not be tired. I just want to take a nap. I can't think about my family's long-term goals or visions or whatever. Like, I don't have a vision. I just want to go to sleep. Do you think people are sometimes like that when they come to work with you? Well, I think that really is uh yes. And I think what what we what we do is when we start to come in and work with the couples, we get a we get an overall sense of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So we we want to understand really what is the like what what's going on here? Like what do, what do we what's the the deep thing that's happening that we we need to work on and address and with that usually comes some of those foundational things of like, okay, how can we, how can we calm ourselves just a little bit? Um, we focus very much on breath work and just lowering that emotional temperature a little bit. And we also focus on self-care. It's mm-hmm. one of the, and particularly for mothers, I mean, yes, it happens for, for the men as well, but the women, I mean, they were, were notorious for putting ourselves last on the list. And I don't know why we do that. I mean, I see it actually even with my mother. And as we talk about updating your family operating system, that was one of the very things that I'm like, my parents taught me a lot of amazing things that I want to pass on to my children. And I want to continue that for the next generation and then you know more to come. 
But the one thing that I don't want to do is take after my mother who put herself last on the list. I, I don't want to set that example for my children. I want my children to learn that taking care of myself is a priority. It's not selfish. It's being responsible for my well-being so that I can take care of my family well. It teaches then by example that my children can learn that they should take care of themselves and their mental health and physical health and, and all of that. And, and that's an update on the operating system, right? So for mothers, like particularly, you know, we, we just, we think we got to take care of everyone else before we take care of ourselves. And that I want to flip flop. So, you know, to go back to your question, it's like, yeah, some people are like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm so tired. I can't even think. And I've been there. Right. I'm like, I mean, I, I've got my youngest is a year and a half. Like, I mean, I've got young kids and I am tired. I am physically tired. I don't, I don't hide that. But again, if I can actually start to one, take care of myself, find the ways that I can just center myself. And that can look different for different people. Then I know I can show up better and I'll be more clear-minded to create the vision. And then as I'm designing that vision, then I also know that some of the stuff that can really tire us out day to day is doesn't even matter. And so I can actually eliminate that. And that's where then you can start to feel like you're rejuvenating. Like it all, it's all connected. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you got to You got to start somewhere though. Yeah. It is kind of hard to figure out because sometimes you just, you think in your head, I have to do this thing just Mm -hmm. because for whatever reason, it it may be even some, some subconscious thing that you saw when you were a kid where it was, this is just how we do it. And you, nobody, you don't even think about it. So yeah, that, that concept of the update, I think would be, you know, part of that. And one thing that that you mentioned about how how mothers are commonly commonly known for putting themselves last one story that i have heard repeated from generations is oh the kids have to come first in the family so mm-hmm. do you think that's true or is there a better way to explain that because obviously they're they're human beings that you're responsible for raising and they can't take care of themselves. So how do we reframe that so that it doesn't get to be to the point where we're neglecting ourselves and our relationship with our partner? So I'm so glad you asked this question. I think it's, it's a really a great comment to address because it is very common to hear the kids come first. And of course, as parents, we love our children. We want them to have the best in life. We want them to um, be healthy and successful. Like we want all the great things for our children. Like, you know, er- any, any good parent out there, you know, wants the best for their children. And as their parent, it is your responsibility to take care of them and make sure that their needs are met. I agree with that in that we want to be able to provide for our children and, and take care of them. Where I would rephrase that though is in our house, and, and, and really what we teach is that you come first, it is then marriage, and then it is children. When you take care of your marriage, you are setting such an example of how to take care of yourself and take care of a relationship that your kids will be fine. They will follow that example. Your kids will follow your example, your actions, 
well before any of your words. So I just, I, I just, and, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, you know, I'm not, um, any trained therapist or anything, uh, or licensed therapist, but what I have learned and, and the studying that I've done is that your kids will be fine. They will be taken care of when you take care of yourself and your marriage first, mm-hmm. they, cause they will follow what you are doing. And with that, you will be in better sound state to provide what is necessary for your children. And you won't be in this massive craze and, you know, just feeling super chaotic. Like it's, it, it, all of that will lower the emotional temperature will lower when you're taking care of yourself and your marriage first. And then your, your kids will be better for it. I mean, I really, I, I mean, I, and you'll, you, you know, you probably have better experience with this, but I mean, I'd really put down like this, the idea of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, anxiety is almost in some ways learned because if you have a mother who's super anxious and tense and all the time, what is your child learning based on what he or she is seeing? Right. right? There's some level of like, you know, if you could just lower yourself, your, your kids will, will emulate that. Yeah. And I think that sometimes with that, with the anxiety thing, it's not just watching somebody's response and modeling, which is, is definitely one thing that happens, but also just pairing different things together. Mm -hmm. So something that maybe isn't threatening or something that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be an issue that goes along with something else they might pair those two things together where it's like, oh, this, you know, in this situation, this means that something bad is going to happen. And, and then, so they grow up thinking, oh, every time somebody, like, I think maybe correcting, you know, thinking about, you know, giving corrective feedback, if it's done in a way that is seen as, as threatening, and it always goes along with, with yelling and and things like that, then every time that child gets corrective feedback on any level, it could trigger some kind of trauma response. And there's so many different other examples, but, but yeah, I mean, I think modeling that kids will carry that into their relationships. The other thing that you said that was interesting was, so I know a lot of times people talk about take care of yourself, but, and then that'll take care of your kids people skip the second step, the relationship part. I think a lot of times people don't focus on that. Well, so true. I mean, we've now, uh, in this past year of, you know, building our business and, uh, coaching and just the various couples we've talked to, we have heard more and more that couples are getting divorced after 25, 30 years of marriage because Mm -hmm. everything's been about the kids. The kids have now moved out and now you're home alone with this person that you don't even recognize yeah. because you didn't take time to nurture that relationship all those years. And now it's 25 years later and you're two different people that didn't grow as two different people together. And, you know, you're now filing for divorce. So, right. so yeah, marriage, marriage is work. For, for people who think that uh, you can get married and it's this happily ever after, it can be happily ever after. 
however you got to work at it, you know, yeah. you the not the way up. that we think, <laughs> right. It's not like, Oh, cool. Hands up. Like no, no, no worries anymore. Um, it doesn't work that way, you know? And, and this idea just, I mean, just in general, this idea of life that should be easy and we shouldn't have any heartache or pain or struggle, or, I mean, I don't know where, where we started to think that life shouldn't be like that. I mean, there's no place that I've ever read that says, you know, life, life should be a cakewalk, you know, and I don't expect life to be easy. And I certainly don't expect life, uh, my marriage to just take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you have to put in the time and the effort and what, I mean, think about it. You, your son, your daughter in front of you, and you want them to have the best life possible. You want them to find their, their special person. But if you're not setting that example, why would they do anything different? And I'll use my husband as an example. He's divorced. And as we look into his family, his family has a, like a 90% divorce rate. The only couple that I know in their, in, in the whole family that isn't divorced is his one, uh, is his grandparents. And, um, and they're not even really that happily married, you know, like they yeah. just kind of, kind of went in on it. So, um, I mean, every, like, and so he followed the footsteps, right. And so one of the things when we got together was that he wanted, some, he wanted to create a life that would be different for his daughter. He's divorced now. And his daughter, his daughter's mother is divorced as well, actually twice. So she's divorced twice, you know, so, so now you've got another generation, right? My stepdaughter is now in another generation seeing everything divorced. Mm-hmm. All her grandparents are divorced. All her, you know, her parents are divorced. Like this is what she, all her, the aunts and uncles are divorced, taking care of your marriage, showing up for it, doing things that because you love your spouse, like just do it because you love your spouse. You're on the same team. You married to be on the same team. You're not playing on who's right, who's wrong, win, lose, like none of that stuff. You're on the same team. And so set that example so that you can show your children what you want for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leading, showing the example of a healthy relationship without, because otherwise it, it is hard to see what is, I, I hate to use the word normal, but it's hard to, for them to see what a loving relationship is like if they've never witnessed one and if they don't know what to look for in as far as qualities. And right. and yeah, I mean, you do kind of repeat that if and I think that with the with the repeating the patterns, you, it doesn't have to you don't have to do it if you are aware of it, if you're aware that, OK, everybody a lot of the people in my family got divorced. Well, what's that about? So that I can be, I can be aware of that. If I don't want to do that myself and I want to have a healthy relationship, what are the things I can do? And that's really also what I meant, you know, earlier when yeah. I was like, if you take care of yourself and your marriage, your kids will, will be okay. Right. They'll be taken care of because they're, they're learning by example. And, and, and look, if you're listening and you are divorced, right? Like you're, you're in a position that my husband was in, right. And he's divorced. Like, and then he said, okay, now I'm going to choose something different. I'm Mm -hmm. recognizing like what has happened. 
What does he want differently? Because look, I mean, we hear it, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And it's no different in relationships, right? You know, why you see, you know, the, the, the one person, the names change, they keep dating or marrying someone else and the names change, but the scenario and the situation still, still stays the same because they haven't addressed really what's going on. And so I think like, you know, getting to the root of that, understanding that and saying, okay, now I'm going to make a different choice and change the trajectory. And that's how you can design your family, your future. When you're working with, with couples, obviously the communication is, is really important, but do you find that even just helping families get a handle on daily routines that are causing stress, does that help to get them to a place where they are able to communicate easier? Because I would think that, I mean, if it's constant chaos, it's it's really hard to just get yourself to a point where you can really listen to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So there's two parts to that. I mean, when you're, when, when it's really chaotic, your emotional temperatures are, you're very, it's very heightened, right? You're in this sympathetic state and you're in this fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And you're, just, you're like, you can't, you can't even, you you don't even know which way is up. So there's, um, so there's, there's a lot to go that goes on with that. What we do is, and it's really why we start with, like, we come into this vision because at the end of the day, if you know where you're going and what you want, and when we could, when we can take the couple and sit down and be like, okay, where do you, where do you want to be five years from now? One year from now, like, where do you want to be? What, what do you want different? Here's your chaotic life right now. What do you want different? And then when they can start to name those things, like what, what does that look like? Then we can say, okay, cool. Now let's go back to the day to day. What, why, why are we hung up on this? Why are you saying no to this when this would actually get you to where you want to be? You know, why are you saying yes to something that's totally taking you way off track, right? Then we can start to actually look at the day-to-day and break it down and be like, okay, let's actually start giving you a plan that will help you make choices for where, like what that vision looks like. So, you know, it, 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 it's sort of works in tandem because you, you do really need to recognize where they want to go. And then at the same time, be like, okay, let's look at these things that are really just firing you guys up and, and help you understand, like, is this beneficial or not? Like what, what, why are, why are we worked up? It also might have to do something with like the past, right. Mm -hmm. And understanding like, you know, it's not about the dishes, right. It's about else. And so sort of working through that and addressing that so that we can, we can just be like, cool, like, let's just let it go now and make decisions from a day-to-day basis towards where you want to go in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think sometimes again, starting with where you want to go and working backwards instead of just, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall or whatever. Well, how often do you see, and I guess I'm curious what tips you would have for parents who, or for people who who are, have small children and have found that, I wouldn't say that the kids have caused stress, but that they're adding to stress and they're, 
and some of the day-to-day routines are making it hard for them to just keep the emotional temperature lowered. So for example, if bedtime is just crazy and then they don't have any time to spend together after bedtime, what tips do you have for parents who are struggling with those types of day-to-day routines? Uh, you use bedtime as an example, and that was actually um, a really big problem in our household. So uh, so perfect, perfect uh, example. And and what we did, it came down to the first thing is having an outside perspective, right? Like, you know, we having having that coach, having someone to talk to, having the outside perspective helps you to see things that you can't exactly see when you're emotionally involved. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have we have outside help. We have accountability. We have coaches. We have counselors like we we talk with lots of different people. And so, and it's also the service that we provide. So we can give that outside perspective. And what we found out was that, so our bedtime in our house was like, Tanner would just sort of let the kids go till they crashed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they're going to bed too late. This is horrible. Like, this is not good for them, nor is it like good for us because now, you know, we don't get the time to end our day together. And it caused massive arguments, like huge arguments. The first like two years of our marriage was just, and I was pregnant and a newborn and like just all of it together was horrible. And it took a lot of, a lot of in us to recognize that it was all stemming from Tanner's bedtime as a child was very insignificant. It just, mom said, good night. You know, his parents divorced when he was 13. So, you know, he had his dad somewhat around, but most likely he was probably just working late. And mm. mom just was like, okay, good night. And like he was left to figure out how to just put himself to sleep. My household growing up was mom and dad would come into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. They would tuck yeah. me in, read some stories. We would say prayers. I even still remember to this day my dad like kneeling on like the floor at the side of my bed. We'd say prayers together. He'd, you know, stay with me a little bit. He'd leave. Mom would stay. She would wait, you know, like rub my back. I mean, like I had a whole yeah. like routine in this like beautiful bedtime experience. So I wanted to create that for my children on top of understanding like sleep is definitely sleep right. is important for all of us, particularly a growing child. So this, we were just butting heads constantly. So the first thing was that we had that outside perspective, recognizing that the bedtime was clashing because of how we were brought up. So think about, you know, you and your, your, your spouse, like what, what were the bedtime experiences as a child for you? Were they different? Were they similar? You know, what, why, why are you actually butting heads on this? Like what, what is it? And then the other thing that again, because Tanner didn't have a marriage to see as an example where my parents now married like 53 years they ended their day together and recognizing that having that bookend, you start your day together, you end your day together as a couple really helps to just little things, close out the day, uh, you know, set the day up for success, close out the day, like just to sync up, right. You're on the same team. You want to sync up and make sure that you guys, um, know what you're doing for the day, right? Like it's just important to just have that adult connection Again, it is. Yes, your kids need you and you have to provide for them, but you need adult time too. like it's it's an it's a necessary thing as well for your own well-being as a parent um, to just end the day. And so he didn't have that example where I did. And so now he's learned 
that it is really important, like to actually help us stay in sync and to feel connected. Yeah. To just have a few minutes. It doesn't have to be even like any more than 30 minutes. It could be 10 right. minutes, like whatever you, you know, but like just something to just close the day together. Like anything that we need to share with each other, we can share and then say goodnight, you know, and just, and, and then start it again in the morning. So it's just a really important example. And so that was, that was a big thing. So once we, once we recognize that we're like, okay, now what are we going to do about it? Our kids are like having free reign of the house yeah. in the evening after dinner. What are we going to do? And quite frankly, it's not easy. You have yeah. to start teaching them. And so you need to just start backtracking, start at 15. We, you know, what we did is we just like 15 minutes earlier, then it became 30 minutes earlier. We've learned now with our, she's sort of like the middle child, but really like the firstborn. Cause there's such an age gap. But, um, my, my first, um, she's almost, She's like three and a half. And, uh, we've recognized that she's, she really does have all the early signs of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so she needs extra time to unwind, to lower herself and just calm herself in order to be able to go to bed at a reasonable hour for a three-year-old. I mean, cause if we don't do that, she's going to bed like after 10 PM and that's yeah. just not healthy. Right. But she, her brain is just on fire. And so we've learned like how to backtrack and your family time doesn't actually have to be like, this was another thing that we learned is like your family time in the evening doesn't actually have to be, Oh, let's go do something and play or whatever. Your family time could be like, we've had dinner together. We all clean up together. Maybe you have 30 minutes that you could do something in the family room or take a walk together. Like we now have a thing where we like to go take our dog for a walk around the block probably takes, you know, because stops and all that kind of stuff, maybe 30 minutes, but you know, but we, if we have that time, depending on the night, we do that together and then we rein it in or it's baths, right? The bath night. And then like, that's, that's, that's all part of family time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like, Oh, we got to go do something specific. Right. So it's all family time to just wind it down, lowering lights, helping, you know, no electronics, we might, depending on the night, say you could watch like a short TV, like the TV itself, a little bit better than an electronic. Yeah, um, I think we, so too. Cause it's not right in your face and it doesn't face. have all the notifications popping up. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, it's still a device, but it's not quite as bad. Yeah. Not quite as bad. And, but like yeah. Fridays and Saturdays are usually, or particularly Friday, we let that be like the little bit of the later night, you know, we're not as strict about or like diligent about the bedtime. If it's a little bit later, that's okay. Cause it's Saturday morning and we got nothing going on or whatever, but just knowing that, like, if you can structure your week that like, this is bedtime, you know, this is when we start bedtime and then work your way. And just, if you're, if you're, if your kids are going to bed too late, just start it 15 minutes earlier and then back it up, like back it up slowly to where you want it to be. And that, because then the kids don't like they adjust better and it's a little bit easier to, for, for them to, to handle. At least that has been in our case. Yeah. How, like, did you get any pushback from them when you started setting some boundaries around that from the kids? Oh yeah. And we, and we, we still get pushback. Like Mm -hmm. it's just because like we work to implement this doesn't mean we don't have kids that want to fight back. Right. Right. we're, we're not, we're not immune to, to kids being kids. You know, we've got the, so my stepdaughter, um, 
you know, at the time we're, we're talking, she's almost 11 and she, she's actually been the one that's like almost like looking for the, for the, um, uh, the routine, like she's, she's, she's craving it. Right. Cause she's yeah. had, you know, with divorce and everything, she's, she kind of, she's had the opposite for so long. So she's craving it. And so if we're like, Hey, no food after, let's say like seven or seven thirty. Oh, it's seven twenty nine. We have one more minute if we want to eat anything else, or she's looking to, to keep it structured. And she, she gets really on us when, when we're straying from the routine or here we go again, we're off track, blah, blah, blah. So she's sort of like our accountability partner. Yeah. Um, the small ones, I mean, David is only one and a half. So he, I mean, just recently, he's just sort of fighting the bedtime. Like he's, he wants to stay up a little bit later, but he's, he's a, he's my good sleeper though. Like he'll sleep 12 hours and has been for months. Like it's usually like a seven 30 to a seven 30. So and now it, Ooh, we're pushing. I would love to do that myself. <laughs> I know now he's going to bed more like eight and Charlotte, who's three and a half. Um, she's the biggest struggle because her brain does not know how to shut down. And so that's just, that's really where the struggle is when we can keep her on routine and more of a schedule and just have things very structured for her. She actually does better. I mean, the kids in general do better with structure. Mm -hmm. So they, they feel one of the things that we, um, we learned from our therapist was kids feel safe when things are consistent they know what to expect when things are constantly changing or it's this time and then it's that. And, Oh, we said we were going to do this, but now we're doing that. And da, 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 da. like that inconsistency creates un like uncertainty. I mean, think about it in our whole world right now. Right. Oh, We've man, got- I can't even handle it myself as an adult. It's, right? it's hard when you're, when you don't know what to expect from a situation or a person. Like if you are, if you're interacting with a person who is unpredictable with the way that they respond emotionally, it can cause, it can be really stressful. I mean, I I'm thinking of a couple people now that I interact with where it's like, it it feels like a ticking time bomb. And you're, every time you have to interact with them, you're like, what's going to happen. It's, it's so much more calming when it's like, all right, with this person, I know, I know what to expect. Even if with parents, even if it's something that I isn't my favorite thing to do, or they're asking me to do something that is a non-preferred activity. I know what to expect. You know, it's, and, and look, we don't, we don't want to say no to our kids. Like we want to, we want to do all the great things. We want to be the fun Mm -hmm. parent and we want to be like the, you know, like I get it, but saying no and creating some discipline and structure helps them feel safe. It does. It really helps them feel safe. That's one of the things that, you know, Charlotte definitely has, has had pushback on earlier bedtime, but I notice when we can really stay consistent with it and, um, and just continue to tell her like, but this is how it is. Like, this is what we do. It's even just the other day, I was like, I said no about something and she like flipped a lid. So, you know, Charlotte went to go throw a tantrum because I said no about something. And I was like, honey, I'm like, mommy's saying no for a reason. It's because I love you so much and I don't want this for you. This is not something that's good for you. And so I'm saying no. Oh, okay. You know, like even if she doesn't fully get it, like it, it helps her calm down. 
because mm-hmm. I gave her a little bit more explanation than just be like, no, I said so. Like that doesn't fly with her, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Well, that's, right. it's so dismissive. Like, why would we ever right. say that? It, it never worked for me when it was said to me. And I think that you, you brought up something that I've, I read about where, and just, again, I'm constantly absorbing like parenting things that kids, the same thing happens when they're crying, like whatever, or or whatever, you know, emotion that's going on, they're frustrated, they're scared, they're upset. Like, think about it. If you as the adult came home and you had a horrible day and you're like, you know, everything's going wrong and you're just in this horrible mood and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And you, you know, you tell your husband and, and your husband's like, well, you know, just get over it. Like, you know what, just go and just go and go to your room and like, just deal with it by yourself. Don't you (laughs) think you would want to smack them? Right. Like you would be so upset. And Mm -hmm. why do we think that we should do that to our kids? Like, oh, you're crying. You're having a hard time. Like whatever, like go to your room. I'm, I'm still with my kids when, when they're crying or they're having a tantrum or whatever. It's like, I know you're frustrated or I know you got scared or I, I know you want this, but when you're done crying, like I, I can't understand you right now when you're crying, I will talk, I can talk to you when you're calmer, you know, like, and I'm right here for you. So this this seems like a good place to wrap up. So before we do that, where can people find out more about you and what you do? Um, So you can go to myfamilyos.com. So that's our site. We'll have, uh, and we're, we're building out some great things. We're working on some things for 2022 that we're really excited about and how we can bring couples together, families together, uh, lots of lots of good stuff, and we'll have all those updates and and details and stuff added to the site as as they become available. And then uh, you can also find us on Instagram, my my family OS on Instagram. Well, we can yeah. put your all your your website, your links to your your Instagram handle, yeah. and if you wanted to share your contact information. So the so we actually just did um, a whole rebrand. And so now the the one relationship podcast is actually now named Family OS Podcast. You know, when we got started, you know, we really were talking about, you know, that one relationship, right? The relationship we have with ourselves and ultimately it it trickles into you know, how we are with ourselves to all the relationships we have in this life and and that's really how this whole, you know, business started, but as we got going and we started to work with couples and just see everything, we're like, no, this is, this is really, it is about the marriage, but it is also about the family. And so we, um, we just did a whole rebranding. So everything now is yeah. Family OS podcast. So yeah, we can have that link there too. Cool. So the formally the one relationship podcast, now the family OS podcast. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Karen. Appreciate it. And just enjoy talking about this and thanks for the opportunity. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Karen. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to check out Kate and Tanner's website at familyos.com and also on Instagram 
at their handle at FamilyOS. I'll also have all of their contact information, such as their website, Instagram handle, on my website in the show notes if you're interested in any of their parent coaching programs that Kate talked about today. And finally, I wanted to remind you about my resources page that I've created, especially for Are They 18 Yet listeners. So I have resources for both parents and speech language pathologists that will help them to reclaim their time and their sanity. What I've got up there now specifically for parents is the Time Tracking Journal, a tool that is going to walk you through a strategy that will help your kids get through their day-to-day tasks like chores, meals, and help them to be more independent so that you can move through your day in peace. And if you are an SLP, I've just recently redesigned my membership for SLPs, SLP Learning Academy, my program that helps SLPs reclaim control of their time so that they can think bigger about the way that they serve their clients. To check either of those out, just go to drkarendudekbrandon.com backslash resources. Again, that's drkarendudekbrandon.com backslash resources. Remember that it helps us so much if you leave us a five-star rating review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All you need to do is search Are They 18 Yet Podcasts and then click on our show and there should be a tab that will allow you to rate and review. Doing that helps us to get the show into the ears of people who need this information. So we would so appreciate that. And also, if you find this information helpful, remember to share it with your friends. For now, we'll wrap up, but thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in episode 27. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. 
Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.